You're listening to What and Why on Skip Intro, a segment where we tell you what's streaming on Netflix and why it's worth a watch. All right. I am so excited to have a genuine Southern gentleman in the house, Ryan Smith, no relation, <laughs> um, although I'd be willing to claim one if, if you would like. But Ryan, welcome to the studio and welcome to What and Why. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. So you're from North Carolina, and you have referred to it as the Hollywood of the East Coast. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) And why is that? So I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a little coastal town, southeastern kind of corner just above Myrtle Beach. Um, And probably in like the 80s and 90s, they kind of had like a heyday of local film and television production. And so it it garnered the name or the nickname Wilmywood and then explained as the Hollywood of the East Coast. Um, I think probably Atlanta has taken that over since those days. There are a few Netflix productions have actually been filmed there in the past year or so. Um, So yeah, there's definitely still a presence. Back in the day, I think, God, probably the cult classic that is Blue Velvet was filmed there in the downtown area. And probably my my number one go-to always is Dawson's Creek, because classic. One Tree Hill, Iron Man 3. That is the Hollywood of the East. I like that. You can go with that. That's okay. (laughs) You grew up in the South. You went to school in the South. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you studied there? Because I only know you kind of as a super creative, very organized, like left brain, right brain, both functioning at a very high level simultaneously, (laughs) right? And so you came to Q through the design world. But what led you there? Yeah. I mean, God, as a child in elementary school, you know, it's they ask you that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always was like an artist. And then the, the realities of the world and making a livable income to support future life and potential family and all those kinds of things set in. And I ended up starting off in college pursuing a kind of pre-med route. A couple years in, and after having failed organic chemistry, I <laughs> decided that that was not it, and that I wanted to get more back into kind of my passions. So I ended up graduating from my undergrad with creative writing, major in fiction, with a publishing certificate out of the program as well, a digital art minor, and then also a communication studies degree. So I kind of got a ton of things. And then after undergrad, I went to a publishing program at Columbia University, which is what brought me up to New York. But it was always under kind of the lens of book design. That was like what I thought I wanted to go into at first, designing book covers. And so after that, I I interned in the art department at Penguin Random House for Viking Books and also at like a really, really small graphic design firm up in New York. And then started the hunt for a real full-time job and landed at uh, Pentagram Design a few months after that, um, where I was a project manager for Luke Heyman, who is one of the partners who designs Q for us. And yeah, and was there for about six years and slowly and steadily kind of made my way into weighing in on brand positioning and verbal creative and more and more visual creative stuff and... Yeah, and just kind of continue to flex the the muscles and POV in various categories. So Now, what our listeners probably don't know is you are our resident animation expert, lover. 
You have a passion for the genre. And as we know, animation is film. Indeed. Indeed it it is. Indeed it is. And I happen (laughs) to know your what and why kind of touches on animation. So, Ryan, tell us your what and why this week. Yes. So the what and why is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. You know, when I when I heard that this film was coming out with Netflix and I mean, gosh, it's been in the works for decades, essentially, with Guillermo and envisioning it and being turned down over the years and so on and so forth and finally getting the green light. I was so excited for to see the first cut and seeing that like work in progress animation and the hands of the animators coming in and all of the characters being still on like the mechanics of making them move through a scene and everything. I mean, it was just incredible. And then to kind of contrast that with the final version, once all of those things are worked out and they've got like the practical kind of VFX in place and all these things. I mean, it's, it's just a masterpiece of, of stop motion animation. So it was really just again, incredible to kind of see it evolve through those, those stages. But it just, again, reinforced just kind of how much work and intense the processes and amount of time and dedication and craft that goes into making all of these things that, you know, some people just view as cartoons or something for children. And it really can just be such a medium that can be for all audiences and all ages. And especially something like Guillermo's Pinocchio, which, you know, it's by far the the darkest iteration of Pinocchio I've ever encountered. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, the original text, I think, by Carlo Collodi is is also similarly dark, but the, that was kind of one of the reasons Guillermo couldn't get it into production for so long is because he wanted to retain all of that. Guillermo took the the incredible kind of dark fantasy of the original text, but made his spin on everything. You know, I mean, even from the cricket being this kind of incredible purple, blue, strangely rendered version and the incredible voice job of Ewan McGregor that just has you laughing and wanting to cry and so many things throughout the entire movie is he he just destroyed that that role. So you've got, uh, you know, the voice of Kate Blanchett who does Spazzatura. And then you've got the Immortals, who are the Wood Sprite and also Death, who were voiced by the incredible Tilda Swinton. You know, I mean, to see the the classic father figure of Geppetto and the love that he had for his son Carlo, who passed away, but then he brought back to kind of life in a certain form with, with Pinocchio. And I think another thing that just, you know, really is so beautiful about Guillermo's adaptation is that he really hits home at the end of the film that you don't have to be anything else other than what you are. There's that classic storyline of Pinocchio of the the wooden boy vying to become the real boy. And I just, it's just so beautifully kind of poignant that at the end you're like, no, like you're good being what you are, who you are. And there's beauty in that. And like, you'll find love and support and fulfillment in your life. And yeah, it's just a really lovely rendition. Thank you, Ryan. Welcome. Curious what else the Q team is watching? Head over to Netflix and search Q's Q for more recommendations. That's Q-U-E-U-E initial Q. 